Now, Asia First on CNA 938. In just under two years, all flights departing from Singapore will have to include some sustainable aviation fuel in their engines. Now, it's a form of fuel made from various feedstock or sources, including waste oil and fats, green and municipal waste, also non-food crops. Uh, sustainable aviation fuel can also be produced synthetically via a process that captures carbon directly from the air. Very cool stuff, very interesting stuff, but also potentially very expensive stuff, as we'll find out in just a little while. Experts say airlines around the world uh, often absorb the cost of fuel in order to meet such mandates. And prices are not always very stable. Mm. Uh, and when there is supply, the sustainable version can cost three to five times more than ordinary jet fuel. And travellers will have to pay a levy as well to support the airline's use of greener fuels. Yep, uh, CAAS uh, estimates this will be about $3 for an economy short-haul flight to Bangkok and $16 to a flight to London, for example. For more, we're now joined by Matt Driscoll, editor of Asian Aviation on Asia First, to walk us through the latest and get some reactions from the ground as well. Hey, Matt, uh, so just the first question off the top of my head, where is this sustainable aviation fuel coming from? How established is this industry to begin with? Uh, good morning. Good to be back in Singapore. I lived here for about 10, 11 years, so it's always nice to be back in town. Welcome back. Uh, the, the, a couple of things. Um, one, I think the aviation industry, unfortunately, gets a bad rap when it comes to emissions. Uh, it's only responsible for about a little over 2%, 2.5% or so of the CO2 emissions around the world. Uh, and sustainable aviation fuel is one way to help cut those emissions, but there's a lot of other industries, the like global shipping industry, the concrete industry, uh, that account for a lot more. So I think aviation gets a little bit of a bad rap. Uh, SAF is not the end-all, be-all. It's not going to be the great savior but the good thing about it is it's available now. Uh, airlines can use it now. Uh, it's a, basically what we call a drop-in fuel. So you don't really have to change anything with an engine uh, or really the infrastructure at an airport uh, like you would with hydrogen, which other airlines and manufacturers are experimenting with. So SAF is, is really something that can make a difference. It can make a difference now. We've also heard the term biofuels, and uh, we've heard that uh, the first flight using biofuels happened late last year using um, biofuels. It was a flight by Virgin Atlantic from London to New York. Is there a difference between sustainable aviation fuel and biofuel? Um, I, the technology, I'm, I'm probably not, I'm not a scientist, so I, you know, I don't know about the technology on that. But normally when you have a company like Nesty, which I think Singapore is working with, they've got a big operation here. Uh, they're using sustainable fuels. So as you mentioned in the lead in, uh, you know, waste oil, different things like that. Where it becomes non-sustainable is when you have, I remember driving actually from KL to Singapore and you look on either side of the highway and you have from, you know, from horizon to horizon, it's palm oil plantations. Mm -hmm. So palm oil, and people are talking about using palm oil in aviation fuel, but that would not really be sustainable because then you're, you're cutting down virgin forests and things like that to plant the palm oil. 
Um, so again, the difference between biofuel and, and uh, sustainable fuel, you know, you have to ask a scientist on that. Uh, but SAF is the way to go. I just wish the governments around the world, I mean, the airline industry is trying to do what it can do. But again, as you mentioned in the lead in, the cost is one thing uh, until the cost comes down uh, substantially to at least equal that of regular fuel. Uh, then there's going to be some problems. I wish governments around the world uh, would uh, get behind the SAF train and, and really start putting in place, uh, whether it's subsidies or whether it's mandates or whatever, they really need to, to get on, on board with it. And Singapore surely is in the right direction when it comes with regard to that, uh, imposing uh, these mandates. Uh, we'll get into the details a little later on, but just strategically speaking, is this a chance for Singapore uh, as a fuel processing hub? We already are processing uh, lots of different kinds of uh, crude oil. Uh, is this a chance for Singapore as a established fuel processing hub to leverage on a new industry via SAF, right? Uh, and what kind of infrastructure will be further needed to, for supply, processing, even distribution of SAF? Well, the infrastructure is there, actually. I mean, again, it, it's, it's, that's the beautiful part about SAF. There's not that much that you need to do to make it happen right now. Mm. You've, got, you've got the infrastructure for delivery at the airports. They've got fuel tanks and all of that. So you can store it you know, again, it's like regular fuel. I mean, it's that's the beautiful part about it is it's ready to go today. Uh, you don't have to change all of the infrastructure like you would with hydrogen, for example. Hydrogen, you're going to have to redo. You know, Airbus is talking about building a hydrogen-powered plane and having it fly by 2035. I personally doubt that's going to happen uh, because hydrogen is such a step change. I mean, it's a huge change. And you would have to change all the infrastructure from the manufacturing of the engines to the airplanes themselves and to the, uh, the fueling structure at the airport. With SAF, you don't have to do that. You just, like, again, Nesty is here in Singapore. All they've got to do is scale up their operations to provide more SAF. Uh, they don't really, you don't really have to change the infrastructure at all. The fuel, SAF fuel can sit in the same tank mm. or, con or the same kind of tank as regular fuel. So, that's the beautiful part about it. You don't really have to change that much. Yeah, it's a sustainable method in a different way, in all all kinds of ways as well. And, yeah. And we know, of course, that this fuel costs three to five times more than normal jet fuel. Share with us some insights as to how this will impact airlines' bottom lines and overall costs, especially some of the smaller airlines. Well, that's a good question. And, and, and a couple of things on this. I remember attending, I, I was at an air con. It wasn't the Singapore show, but it was some other conference. And one of the speakers on a panel that I was listening to, he got up and he talked about the margins for the airline industry, for carriers, the margins between a profit and a loss on a passenger is the cost of a hamburger and a Coca-Cola. <laughs> so that's how thin the margins are. So you're a hamburger and a Coke away from either making money or losing money on that passenger. And that's on a per passenger basis. Um, I don't know. And, and, and again, the modern flyer today, you know, some people really, they sign on and they say, okay, if, if the airline offers it, do you want to contribute $5 to offset, you know, your, your carbon footprint? I don't know that many people that actually do that. Um, 
But at the same time, I don't know that many people that are going to pay that much attention to how much of their ticket, the surcharge for using SAF. Uh, you know, when I buy a plane ticket, you know, I try to get the best deal I can, but I don't go through all the details and say, okay, you know, this is for SAF. This is for carbon offset. You know, I just look at the total cost of the ticket. Um, I don't think people are going to change their flying habits because an airline uses SAF or it doesn't use SAF. There may be some that do, but I personally, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, prices will go up initially. Every, you know, airlines are a business. They got to make money. Um, but, uh, you know, how substantially they go up, I'm not sure. Uh, if it's three times, you know, the price, whatever, I just won't fly. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Mm. Do you think the levy will be enough to cover a flight that, say, hasn't met full passenger capacity? For example, if a plane is half passenger capacity, will the extra money charged to passengers, even though it's not a whole lot, uh, be enough to cover the cost of having to use sustainable aviation fuel, given how expensive it is? Well, if you've got a if you've got a flight that's half full, they're probably going to switch the equipment and get a smaller plane, uh, so that they can fill up those seats. Uh, airlines hate flying with empty planes uh, because they're not making money on that flight. Um, that's why they pack as many seats in as they can because they got to fill up the planes. Uh, so you know, if it's half full, no, it's not going to cover the cost. Speaking of smaller planes, do you think this decision, this move, will impact smaller, perhaps regional airlines more than they would the larger airlines? Again, it depends on the airline and, you know, the the regional carriers, the smaller carriers, uh, the intra-country carriers, that, like an Indonesian character ca- carrier that only flies within Indonesia. Sure, it could affect their costs. Uh, it may, you know, uh, depending on how expensive SAF gets or how expensive fossil fuel gets, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest costs for every airline is the cost of fuel. Um, so it could affect them uh, if they're already on shaky financial ground. I mean, we saw a lot of airlines during the pandemic go out of business. Uh, we also saw several airlines start business during the pandemic because there was a lot of cheap planes to pick up uh, that they could buy or lease on the cheap from the failed airlines. But you look at Australia, for example, Banza uh, started a you know low-cost carrier during the pandemic, and they're flying now. Um, so if an airline is in you know stressed financial state, yeah, the fuel could be you know it could be a problem. But if they're on solid ground, if they're on solid footing uh, with their finances, uh, then they should be okay. All right. Um, Will the higher ticket prices due to the mandatory sustainable fuel uh, put a dent in our air hub status here in Singapore, you think? Or will going green rake in more profit in, in, in so far as to offset the extra cost? I don't, think, I, I don't think you have one thing to worry about at all about Singapore's status as a major aviation hub. You look at the awards that Changi has gotten in the last you know, 10 years. I mean, they've been the number one airport in the world. Uh, and Skytrax rate, you know, and ratings from every single competition, and and deservedly so. Changi's a great airport. It's, it's probably my favorite airport in the entire world to go through. Uh, and, I, and Singapore is, has done a really good job uh, promoting itself as sort of the gateway to Asia. 
Um, you know, it, I, I don't think Singapore has anything to worry about in as far as losing its place in the in the aviation world as a major hub. I think Singapore is safe and sound in that area. Matt, just a final question here before we let you go. Uh, some countries, as we know, are already implementing the requirement of sustainable aviation fuel, France and Sweden among them. Uh, others are still mulling similar mandates. We're looking at uh, India, Germany, uh, the, the UK, Japan. So while we're not, Singapore is not the first to mandate the use of sustainable aviation fuel. We are the first to impose a levy. Is Singapore setting a precedent, you think? Will we see soon see more countries following suit? Every that's that's kind of the problem right now, is every country and, and the thing is it's it's kind of a chicken and an egg situation, but we're also running out of time. So they say, okay, well, there's not enough fuel, there's not enough SAF available. So how do we make it more available? And the industry says, you know, show us the demand. Well, the demand is there. Airlines have come together. If you look at the uh, IATA statistics, International Air Transport Association, uh, IKO, the uh, Civil Aviation Organization, you know, there's all these different plans about how to promote SAF. And so do we make the SAF producers, you know, they're, they're going to produce what they can sell. And if airlines aren't buying it, then they're not going to produce it. Uh, different countries, again, whether they mandate it or whether they encourage it by giving subsidies to fuel companies or subsidies to airlines uh, to offset the cost, what, however it gets done, it just needs to get done. And it needs to be done now. Uh, we've already, I think the figures were, some scientists are disagreeing, but uh, 2023, I think we were above 1.5 degrees Celsius worldwide. Uh, for the entire year, and that was supposed to be, you know, the the limit uh, for climate change, where things are just going to run away with themselves. Uh, so, whatever they're going to do, whether it's a mandate, whether it's a subsidy, whatever it is, it needs to be done now because we, we can't afford to wait. Matt, uh, we appreciate uh, the sense of urgency, uh, and I'm sure that Singaporeans uh, and regional travellers travelling out of Singapore will uh, hopefully uh, subscribe to the urgency of using sustainable aviation fuel for flights flying out of Singapore. We thank you so much for your time. Thanks once again for joining us here on Asia First. We're glad uh, you're enjoying your time in Singapore. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. That's Matt Diskill. He is the editor of Asian Aviation.